This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So what's a good uh, example of social engineering? I get a text that says, your account's just been frozen. I totally panic. I click the link. I go to a website. It tells me to log in. I do. And I suddenly remember it never mentioned the name of the website. Yeah, something like that. Look, the beats are very simple. You get a text or an email. It says that your account has been breached. Click this link and reset your password. That's it. You're done. Yep. Those are the usual beats. But the social engineering we're going to talk about this week, this is new. Welcome to What the Hack, a show about hackers, scammers, and the people they go after. I'm Adam Levin. I'm Bo Friedlander. And I'm Travis Taylor. Hannah Shaw, you are the kitten lady. You are an internet celebrity, but for those five or six members of the human race that have no idea who you are or what you do, can you share with us a little bit about what you do? Well, thanks for having me on the show. So uh, like you say, most people know me as kitten lady. I am an animal rescuer and a humane educator, and I focus around neonatal kittens and cat welfare. So I teach a lot of people how to take care of cats. I um, spend my time traveling around to different animal shelters and teaching. I have a number of books, and I create a lot of online content to help people understand particularly how to care for bottle baby kittens, orphaned kittens. So these are, are these necessarily preemies or are these just kittens who still need their mom? So in the United States, we kind of have this issue where a lot of kittens end up in shelters separated from their moms. We have a number of community cats living outside that people don't realize are there. And so they give birth to kittens and people assume those kittens have been abandoned when really their mom is right around the corner. And those kittens end up in huge volumes in our municipal animal shelters. And sadly, the trend for years and years was that they were euthanized. So for the past 15 years, I've been creating educational resources to help shelters and individual members of the public do their part to save these animals' lives, including, you know, help people understand how to care for them and give them the best shot. So where are you based I'm in San Diego, where there are kittens all year round because we have beautiful weather. Hannah, how many cats do you have, actually? We have four cats of our own, and we have a revolving door of foster kittens. And and when you're when you're fostering, how many can that upwards to how many? Well, I foster a really vulnerable population, so I try not to overdo it. I think sometimes people want the answer to be like, "I have 50 kittens in my house," but mm. I wouldn't be able to do that very responsibly. So. We foster like one to two litters at a time, and a litter could be, you know, two, it could be six. Um, yeah. So much work. Yeah, it is a lot of work. It is a lot of work. But it's very rewarding. So the work you do has made you incredibly visible online. I mean, you've got this massive following, and that's great for kittens. But because of the following and because of your visibility, that also makes you a target for scammers. Uh, I do a lot of 
talking about these issues. Obviously, I'm on a podcast today talking about this work, and I was actually on a podcast yesterday talking about this work. So I do a lot of podcasts, and um, they often come in through my publicist or through my agent. Um, And I had just my agent reach out to me and say, hey, we got an invitation for you to be on a podcast. Seemed normal. She said they want to do a pre-production call, also normal. And uh, they said, you know, we're going to be syncing this podcast up on Facebook Live. So it will actually cast live to Facebook. And I said, okay. I've never done one like that before, but that seems totally legitimate. I mean, you know it happens. Yeah. Sure. So they said they just want to do a a pre-production call to make sure that your Facebook is set up properly to be able to cast live. I was like, okay. So the morning that we were supposed to do the podcast, we get on this call and it was over Zoom. The first thing that was strange was he didn't have his camera on, but I don't know why this guy doesn't have it. Sometimes when I'm doing a pre-production thing, I don't want to have my camera on because I'm in my pajamas and I'm like eating breakfast. And so, so on a scale of one to 10, how strange was it that he didn't have the camera on? Like, just barely, just barely perceivable as strange to me. In hindsight, it was stranger than it was in, at the moment. Exactly. In the moment, it didn't seem that weird. I was just like, oh, okay, hi. You know, can't see you, but nice to meet you. I'm Hannah. What do you need me to do? He's like, okay, go ahead and share your screen, which seemed normal. Okay, we're going to go into your um, Facebook page, and then we're going to click into the meta business suite. Now, when you go into Meta Business Suite, if you're a listener and you've never had to do this because you don't have like a business type page, let me just explain. This is like a labyrinth that even the people at Meta don't understand. (laughs) It is awful. It is absolutely awful in there. No one knows what's going on. There's so many features. It you, You can't find anything. And they move everything around once every week or so. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So it's just this ever changing cluster that you're like, I don't, you know, so I'm going in there and I'm already like, I don't know what I'm looking at. But he does something that seemed very legitimate at first. You know, we're going to go in and we're going to try to like set up this live event. And he goes, oh, that's that didn't work. Okay, let me think. Let's do this other way. We're going to have you go into and it was like, click this, then click this, then click this. So I'm going down this labyrinth. Then you can see how this story is like getting me into a little corner here. So you're in you're in this unfamiliar part of Meta Business Suite, whatever it's called, Meta's torture device. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I again, it all seemed very normal. We're gonna click something called data sets, and this is where I'm like, data sets. Like, what is data sets? I don't know. I've never had to go into that piece of Meta before. You've never been in there before. I've never been no. in there. I didn't even know there was one. So hey, you know. who knows? Any anybody? Hands up. Anybody know what it is? Actually. Travis, oh, Travis. of course. <laughs> the meta business suite is the thing that kind of ties together every single account that you have. If it's uh, Facebook or Instagram or WhatsApp. And so that way you can uh, administer your ads, your online presence across all of your accounts from one spot. And while that sounds convenient, it is morbidly inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> morbidly inconvenient sounds like a good summary for this. So you're in the morbidly inconvenient part of this thing you have to use for work and this person who wants to interview is telling you to do certain things. He said that I needed to put a secondary email in there that would be the one that I use to go live from. And I did start, what you have to understand, I'm a skeptical person. I Uh 
am an inquisitive person and I'm comfortable with confrontation. I am like I'm comfortable saying you're making me uncomfortable right now. So I started asking questions. I was like, why do I need to do this? And he what you have to understand is this was so sophisticated. This made it through a very big talent agency that I work with to me as a legitimate thing. And I don't want to be rude, but I do want to ask questions. So I'm asking and he's going, oh, this is, this is just the way. And it's kind of one of these, you know, meta's weird. Like, we yeah, just got to yeah, say, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's it's strange, but we do these all the time. This is how we do them. We do live Facebook all the time. You just have to have this other account in there. And he kept comforting me. You know, it's your own account. You you, It's your email that you're adding to it. And I'm like, okay, that's, sure, you're right. It's my email. So surely... I should be able to use it if it's my email. So he says, set it up. I set it up. He said, okay, now go into your email and find the verification button. You know, it sends you an email that says verify that you're doing this. And I said to him, I'm not comfortable going into my email on screen share because who wants to show their inbox to a stranger? It's just not appropriate. So I go off screen share. I go into my email. He says, okay, you're going to see this button. I'm like, okay, yeah, I clicked the button. And he goes, no, you need to right-click the button. And that's where I go. I was like, I'm sorry, why? And he's like, you just need to right-click the button. In hindsight, I understand that it's because the right-click gives you a short URL. It gives you like the fb.com slash 345 or whatever instead of this long thing. Right. The verification button and the short URL take you to the same place. Yeah, exactly. But when you click the button, you just end up seeing the long jumbled URL in your web browser instead of the simple to remember short URL. Yeah, and I'm trying to be polite. It's not polite if somebody invites you to go on a podcast and you go, who are you? Are you scamming me? (laughs) Are you a Nigerian prince? Really? Like what? You know, that's rude. I guess the only red flag I'm seeing, I'm seeing none really, but the only thing I'm seeing is the don't worry about it part. Yeah, (laughs) sure. But it's because I was starting to take this, like, I was making this face. I don't know if people, yeah. be able to, people are listening, but I'm making the She's like. She's squinching. Is like, squinching? So I'm trying to ask questions. Say, is this normal? You know, is the, are you sure that I need to do it this way? Why would I need to do it this way? And I'm saying this seems strange, but I'm, again, trying to just, okay, like I'm, I'm you know, following what you're saying. So I right-click the link, and that's my mistake. I then went and screen-shared again uh, just in my Google Chrome, and as soon as I you know, pasted that link and saw that it's a short URL, and he says, oh, we're getting disconnected, he hangs up because he was able to screenshot that link. And what you don't realize after this, because as soon as that happened, I was like, This was a scam. Change all my, like, I literally right away wrote down, and this was the good thing that I did, was I immediately wrote down and took screenshots of everything that had just happened before confirming if I had even been scammed. I was like, I need to retrace my steps and put some breadcrumbs here so that I can undo what was just done. So I wrote down everything, took screenshots of everything. Um, What I didn't anticipate was that that verification link enabled them to command control of my meta account remove my legitimate access and do all of this without actually having any access to my email. And the most sinister part of it is even if you get somebody at Meta to help you, it looks as if you're the one in there. It looks like it's you controlling it. 
and you can't go in afterwards and say, hey, this is my email, let me in, because as soon as they have that link and they verify, I, I still don't understand the mechanics of how they did it, but they were able to get in, command full control, add other administrators, remove me, and I was fully locked out. This spring, get out there, enjoy the weather, and recapture the magic of riding a bike with electric e-bike. With an amazing variety of models built for riders of all abilities, it's never been easier to fall in love with riding again. Plus, every electric e-bike ships free and only requires quick, toolless assembly. This is my first ever e-bike, and the experience has just been great. I was a little bit intimidated at first because I hadn't gone biking in a while, but the 500-watt motor that the electric e-bike comes with really gives you a nice little boost, especially if you're trying to go uphill or pick up some speed. Data shows that e-bike riders take their bike out more often. That means you get more exercise, more exploration, and wait for it, fresh air. And riding an e-bike isn't like, it's not cheating. It's just making it possible for you to be out there longer on each ride. And speaking of things going a little slower, you can finance electric e-bike for as little as $49 a month. Get into spring with electric e-bikes, the number one selling e-bikes in the nation. Get your adventure started at electricebikes.com. And please mention that What the Hack with Adam Levin sent you in the post-checkout survey. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. So, Bo and Adam, you guys know I'm a bit of a uh, privacy geek, if you will. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah, totally. I, I really just don't like the idea that just about anyone can find you online, can find out where you live or your email address or your phone number or anything. I just think that entire idea is super creepy. There's so much of my data already out there, but is there something that you can do? Yeah, actually, you can use Delete Me. Delete Me is a service that pretty much does the heavy lifting for you, where they go to all the data brokers that they have on file and uh, just pull your data and delete it on a regular basis. I use it. I like it. And they make it quick, easy, and safe to remove your personal data online. Well, yeah, with these data brokers, they can accumulate huge amounts of your personally identifiable information. And if all that information gets into the hands of a bad actor, that opens you up to a lot of risk. And if you act now, you can get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash WTH and use promo code WTH. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash WTH and enter promo code WTH at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash WTH, promo code WTH, which stands for What the Hack. And we thank you for supporting Delete Me and What the Hack. Annie, you just lost access to your Facebook account. The scammer tricked you into giving them complete control, and they locked you out. What happened next? Did they demand a ransom? What? The first thing I did was I turned my Wi-Fi off on my computer because I didn't know. I, I immediately went to, like, I need to freeze my credit. I need to cancel my credit cards. I don't know what these people can do right now. I called every person who helps me with anything and was like, help me do all of these things right now. I even got a four terabyte external hard drive and took everything that is on my computer onto the hard drive just in case. I didn't know what they could access. And maybe that seems silly, but I was just like, I have an entire book manuscript on my computer right now that like oh. if somebody got that and held it ransom, I would have no choice but to pay them. So yeah. Um, so I was like, I don't know what's going to happen here. But what did happen was 
I, I closed my computer and I did not work on my computer. Literally, I went on my husband's computer and I started to see these emails coming through with all of these names. So-and-so has been added to your account. Two-factor verification has been turned off. All of these things making it harder and harder for me to access my account. Everything we could think to try to get into it was leading us absolutely nowhere. I worked with my agency who was horrified that this happened, of course, and they had a way to contact Meta. But Meta, even if you have an in at Meta, which is like really difficult to get, they don't understand this scam. The first thing that happened was they said, everything's fixed and, and nothing had changed. Yes. They said, OK, everything's fixed. You know, you have it's all access. good now. All good. And I'm yeah. like, I don't have access because they think, well, this is your email address. So they're not even looking at the like data sets thing. They're thinking of it as your account was hacked. And this is the unfortunate thing. Even even as I shared this online, people were saying, well, why did you give them your password? I'm like, I didn't give them my password. Like this has nothing to do with your Facebook account. They don't need your Facebook password. They don't need your email password. This had to do with like a very... I think, pretty sophisticated workaround for getting a verification link that grants access to a data set that fools people into thinking it's you, but it's actually them. But what are they doing with it? This is the thing that I thought was really interesting. A lot of people uh, have asked me, why would somebody even want that? And I'm like, ooh, you must not be a creative thinker to not be able to figure out a hundred different ways somebody could be evil with a million Facebook followers. There are, I could give me a, give me an hour and a pencil and I'll write you a whole, <laughs> whole book of ways that somebody could do bad with that following. I mean, it really is, um, my mind was going wild with what, what is the, cause you know, there's some reason to do with this. And it turned out that I believe what they were going to do with it was either to sell the followers to like clean the page and retain the followers and sell it, sell the account, or to retain the following and mm, try to mimic the content that I was putting out using other stolen animal content. And then, you know, probably post fundraisers or um, links for who knows, cat t-shirts that don't actually exist or whatever way of um, gaining money. So maybe posing as me with like, the verified blue check page and posting cat content. You know, what they did do was they started posting animal content that was not mine. And there was no, not, not attached mine. to any fundraisers or anything, just animal no, content? No, no. And I think that the, the good thing was I was able to get on top of this so quickly that they didn't escalate it with me mm -hmm. as much as they did with some other people. And that's been the very fascinating part of this is because I was transparent about this on Instagram, which I fortunately was able to detach immediately from my Facebook page so they did not access my Instagram. I was able to retain that line of uh, communication with my followers and tell them, hey, if you're on Facebook, that's not me. I have been scammed. And in addition to getting a bunch of silly comments like, why are you giving your password away to strangers? I also got contacted by a lot of other creative people, singers, actors, dancers, activists for various social causes who had also had this happen to them all in the same week. So this is like, this is happening all in one week to a number of people with large pages. 
And we kind of formed this little group of people who were able to help each other. But it also meant that I was able to see kind of like play the tape forward of what might happen to my page by talking to people who had been waiting, you know, seven days. One of the things that could have been afoot, when it sounds like it's still, I'm not convinced it wasn't, is that your handle actually on Facebook and, you know, had they wormed their way into your, your Instagram account more so, your handle itself is worth money. And there are exchanges where people sell handles, period. And it could be as simple as that. So if somebody's erasing all the content, it's because that handle is not worth anything until it's empty and unused. Right. 100%. Yeah. Um, if you have a uh, followership, if you even have a, a catchy name, um, that account is then automatically worth certain of uh, currency online. One of the people who reached out to me actually had um, somebody reach out to her after her page was taken from her. And this man uh, was posing as somebody who could help her get her page back. He said, somebody just tried to sell me this page. Uh, has your page been hacked? I can actually try to help you. Um, if you give me $2,000, well, hilariously, once she gets back in her account, she can see that that exact profile is in her account as an administrator. So, you know, this is the other really just awful piece of this is the scammers will then like try to double scam you. They reach yeah. out to you and go, have you been scammed? I can help you. It's like you scammed me. It's, it's like your kidnapper rescuing you. It, it, it makes perfect sense, though, because it's a lot. I'd be a lot less hostile towards somebody who just claimed to accidentally come across my property that, uh, you know, but wants a reward. I was skeptical of every person who talked to me after this. I Never literally- Never trust, always verify. Even with my friends, I was like, I'm gonna send you a picture of like my hand next to the computer so you know I'm the one sending it to you. I was getting very <laughs> weird. I was just like, listen, like I need yeah, you to yeah. see that it's my face. And this is what I said to my to my Instagram followers was, you will know that my Facebook page is back when you see a video of my face saying, hi, this is Hannah, here I am. And I'm telling you that I have my Facebook page back because you know, the other crazy thing that they did was they actually went into my blocked words which is like a feature that allows you to hide uh, certain phrases or words so that people, if they leave the comment, it just doesn't show up. Um, and they had added all these words and phrases like I was hacked, she was hacked, hacker, mm. scam, scammer. So that even if I were to create another page and go on that and say, this is, you know, not me, I was hacked, it just doesn't show up. So they know what they're doing and they know that you're going to try to you know, say these things. And so I was like, until you see my face. But it's scary because that even that technology is changing. I'm like, maybe they can make a video of my face saying they I'm can. Back. Yeah, they can. scary. That's actually pretty clever. <laughs> so do we have any idea who they were? I don't, but I would love nothing more than to do a sting operation on these guys. I Let's get them. Yeah. Honestly, get yeah. when I tell you, I had like ethical hackers reaching out to me, one in particular who... Um, I was able to verify who he is because he's in a documentary about his ethical hacking. He actually offered to be helpful. I think one of the really frustrating things about this scam and um, the people that it targeted was that these were all really incredible, creative 
sweet people. Everybody who they targeted was, you know, people like disability rights activists or other animal rescuers or people doing really cool creative work, small business owners. Um, so it's not like, I mean, nobody deserves to have this happen to them. But the people that they targeted were people who were doing a net good for the world. And to know that that net good that people are trying to do is then kind of making them a, a target uh, of people who know that they, because these are people who would be eager to go on a podcast and share their mission and share the work that they're doing, that that would make you a target of somebody who has a much more devious plan for your following. Uh, I was just really... You know, just one of those reality punches that you go, okay, all right, that's the world we live in. The reality of this was that it was not really so much a hack as like social engineering. Mm -hmm. It was really about very elegantly manipulating me into believing something that was not true. And yeah, I mean, I do have a couple suggestions of how they could have done that a little bit better, but... Well, I think that your point was well taken. The you know hacking often is social engineering. Sadly, it, it, the the majority of hacks are just getting somebody to do something you need them to do to get over on them. And you know, it's it's a very unusual one. It's not surprising that it happened to a bunch of people in the same week because like a zero day exploit where you know the NSA discovers that your phone if you if you if you pet it and say boo boo to it twice. It'll it'll cough up all of its information. Um, you know, zero day exploits exist sort of on the level of social engineering when you realize that there's this thing deep inside a thing people use that's confusing. And not to mention cat pictures have been used as a conduit for malware to get into people's lives. Really? I wondered if maybe they just really wanted to get in there and see a lot of cute yeah. pictures of cats. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. They could have just I'm asked. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hate to think that I can fall victim to a scam, especially as I'm like being walked down this labyrinth and then you see, you take that final turn and you see and you go, oh no, oh gosh, like I, I should not have walked down this little path with you, but you kind of don't know until you turn that corner. The important thing is you saw it, you noticed it and... At, at that moment, you knew there was a problem. There were so many people that don't know that they just went down the wrong path on the dark street in the middle of the night and they got mugged. You know, and if this scammer was more sophisticated, I think that maybe they would have just said, OK, like, looks like everything is set up. We need to reschedule, you know, for a week from now. And they wouldn't have, like, made it so obvious that you were just scammed. Because I think if they had said, we're good. Um, unfortunately, today's not going to work for recording. Can we reschedule you for next week? They could have been in there setting stuff up for a week and maybe you wouldn't have noticed, you know. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I should become a scammer. I feel like I've got a couple. I was going to say scammers, if you're listening, yeah, <laughs> you just got Call a good me. tip. I have lots of ideas on how <laughs> you can be a little bit more elegant. And it's an unavoidable thing that happens when you do a show about scams is you actually end up telling people how to do them better. So <laughs> clearly, this certainly seems like a very elaborate and targeted form of fraud. Yes. And now you're warning others about it, which is you're doing God's work. What are you telling? What's the takeaway for people whose livelihoods depend on social media? 
Well, I think that communicating with other people, even, you know, in the creative community is really important. And I found a lot of camaraderie with other people who had had this happen prior to me. And I was and now I'm able to kind of offer uh, a hand to people who it's happening to. I actually created a form letter that details exactly how this scam works, where you can just fill in the blanks with your information. And anybody who's reaching out to me who shares what happened to them and it sounds like the exact same scam, I'm just sending that to them so that they can have hopes of get, getting their account back. Because the unfortunate reality is if these people didn't really trace their steps very well, if they don't know the intricacies if they don't know the intricacies of how this happened to them, they're not going to be able to explain that to Meta um, and they will have no hope of getting their account back. So um, that's the piece for me that has been really important is not just getting my own stuff back, but helping other people be able to um, have the tools to be able to get theirs back. Obviously, I am not Meta tech support. I barely understand the back end of Meta. I've had to learn a lot through this. And, you know, I will say one thing that we all, everybody who has fallen victim to this feels is that there should be better support for creators. You know, we're the ones who are putting out the content that is bringing people to these websites. And the fact that it's so challenging to get in touch with somebody at Meta and get the support we need and that people are sitting there and having their accounts taken them for days or weeks or months is really discouraging and really unfortunate. It's something that I hope that they change in the future. So if you were talking to Mark Zuckerberg right now, and he said, Hannah, tell me what I need to do to make it better. What would you tell him? I got a lot to say to Mark Zuckerberg, to be honest with you. But in the context, in the context of this conversation, I would say, you know, value the people who bring value to you. You know, your creators are really a huge part of the backbone of these platforms. We are creating educational content and entertainment that keeps people engaged. And ultimately that helps his bottom line. And the least they can do is take some piece of that and give it to creators in the form of like a help desk, a contact, somebody who can support you. The least that they can do is support their creators so that when these things come up, we have somebody who can help us. Yeah, and Mark Zuckerberg, if you're listening, it's, I I heard your eyes roll. So can, <laughs> it, it, we got get, some words for you, Zucky. Yeah, and, and they are they, they and they all start with F and in yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Zuck, don't duck anymore, buddy. Take no, it. it's not. Listen. It rhymes with duck, but that's not what I was thinking. <laughs> Hannah, this was this was awesome. I mean, I can't thank you enough. I think the message you've delivered is very, very important. I'm sorry that you went through all this service in the first place, but it's it seems clearly that you acted really fast. You did all the things you needed to do, and you have a very important beside all the wonderful things you do for cats, you had a very important message to deliver, and we can't thank you enough for sharing it with us. Well, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. I really appreciate it. And I love the work that you guys are doing too. Here's the thing. Uh, I think Hannah got really lucky. 
And that is that she had a buffoonish, idiotic, stupid, dumb, any other words we have for that? Uh, scammer. Do you know why, Travis? Because he just jumped off the call way too quickly. What would have happened if they didn't hang up? Well, she wouldn't have known right away. Yeah, I think she uh, could have had her account locked out for weeks, maybe. No, she. you know what? Screw that. She wouldn't ever know what happened. She would, she, would ha- she would be locked out of her account and she would have no idea how it happened. She would not have made the connection. No way. Well, the other thing too is it sounds like that was a very elaborate setup. If you're going to say, if you have like a phony podcast, you contact someone's agent, you set up a pre-interview, and then the moment you get what you're looking for, just saying, okay, thanks, bye, click, without uh, so much as a <laughs> follow-up. Hannah lucked out. She really lucked out. because Yeah, no, I mean... I mean, she didn't, she got hacked, but, but she did, because it could have been a lot worse. Much worse, much worse. And, and for all of you scammers out there, look, we're not in the business of giving you guys pointers, but that really did seem to be pretty boneheaded on the part of the guy. Scammer, no, it's important to have a work ethic. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal. I use Yahoo Finance. I use it to make money because it works, not just because they're a sponsor of the show. Heck, I've been using them for years before they ever called to become a sponsor. I do a lot of investing, and I need to make split-second financial decisions, and that's where Yahoo Finance comes in. I trade stocks, and I trade options, and you can't trade them in a vacuum. You've got to know what's going on. Yahoo Finance gives you the opportunity to look at the whole picture. I mean, breaking news, editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts. I love the customizable charts. They have it all. At Yahoo Finance, I'm part of a community of over 90 million users. You heard me. 90 million folks use Yahoo Finance because they're helping you on your way to financial success. Visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com, yahoofinance.com. Let's talk about weight loss. Most of us have been there, struggling with the ups and downs. You lose some weight, then it creeps back. But forget those endless cycles of juice cleanses, soup diets, and the latest fad workouts. There's a better way. The Rogue Body Program pairs a weekly weight loss shot with a real lifestyle change so you can lose weight and actually keep it off. Need support? Rogue's got you covered every step of the way. And guess what? You can do it all from the comfort of your own home. No more doctor's appointments, no more waiting rooms. It's that simple. Ready to take charge of your weight? Head over to row.co slash Adam to sign up today. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in a year. That's with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash Adam. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash A-D-A-M. And now, okay, it's time for the tinfoil swan. Our paranoid takeaway to help keep you safe on and offline. I hate to ask, but uh, what's bothering you this week, Travis? Where to start? How about something relevant? Fine. So my kid's school is using an app for homework, and I keep on getting these nag notifications to uh, sign up for it. Okay, all right, stop right there. What's a nag notification? No, I actually, you know what? I don't want to know. You're annoyed. (laughs) I like those apps. Let's hear it. The educational apps made uh, for schools to communicate with parents and students are notorious for having really bad privacy settings. I saw something about that. Many school apps are tracking and sharing data with third parties. 
Yeah, 96% of them, according to uh, Consumer Affairs. Okay, but there's a law. That would be COPPA, the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. That one. Yeah, and while that's a law that's on the books, uh, compliance with it has not been great, especially when it comes to uh, apps targeting kids. Well, we've seen time and time again that any data about someone's value. And as far as kids are concerned, that means you can start getting a lot of pieces of the mosaic at an early age. Sure, but the problem is many schools use these apps for class assignments, test scheduling, and other mission-critical communications. Cats out of the bag anyway. I mean, I use them, and I found them very useful. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think we can collectively say that all of our data is already out there. Equifax, OPM, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so exactly. So what's your point? Well, my data is already out there. I work to keep things about myself offline, and it's kind of a losing battle. When it comes to kids these days, especially my kids, if their information isn't online yet, I do think that's worth protecting. I'm probably going to respectfully disagree. Well, it's until they get old enough to start their own TikTok account. Yeah, whatever. You know, here's it's not that big a deal. Our data is out there, Travis. And another thing to think about while you're thinking about your children not being online and not being captured anywhere is that there are a lot of cameras out there that have uh, given permission to Clearview and other companies like Clearview to collect the information on there. And the information on there is potentially your child's face. And they are going to be able to figure out who they are. That is, we know that. That's why they wear ski masks everywhere. (laughs) So (laughs) here's the thing is like, I'd rather be subtly manipulated by Silicon Alley or Valley than and told than told to do what I, they, someone wants me to do at gunpoint. If a school district is telling you to sign your kid up for an app, I say just do it. I'm assuming you're not going to do that, but you know, no. But so, the, you, what does this have to do with privacy policies? None of us ever read privacy policies. I tried. I gave up. I don't anymore. Dude, I'm just bored talking about this. But if you're ever going to read just one privacy policy, read your kid's school app privacy policy. And if there's anything there that doesn't look right, just see if you can opt out. Isn't that going to make life harder for teachers? Well, also, before you answer that, Travis, what you really, you're not going to be able to, you aren't going to be able to opt out. I'm going to answer Adam's question because you're lost, Cosmo. <laughs> but. <laughs> I used to be a teacher. I come from a long line of teachers. My wife and her whole family worked as educators. Uh, I'm definitely sympathetic to not making what's already a rough job even more difficult. But at the same time, all of us figured out how to manage a classroom and communicate with parents, make sure kids were learning without needing an external app that was constantly siphoning off data about what kids were doing to uh, God knows where. I don't think it's unreasonable to take a look at the uh, data collection policies for classroom apps and just refuse to use it if uh, you're not comfortable with it. When I was a kid, we used to have to lug a block of ice 20,000 steps to the refrigerator. <laughs> Come on, dude. That's really old-fashioned. Uh, what if you can't, Mr. Ludd? What if you have to do the app? Well, I'm not going to homeschool my kids, but at a minimum, I can at least register a complaint. Super fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fun guy. And dear listeners, if you are Team Bo on this topic, please be aware that I take no responsibility for any and all dystopian outcomes related to educational apps. Because, you know, while I don't care, really, you you might have a problem. That's so Orwellian. Anyway, that's our tinfoil swan. And Bo, you don't have kids in elementary school. 
What the Hack with Adam Levin is a production of Loud Tree Media. You can find us online at adamlevin.com and on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Adam K. Levin.